But I think in all the mentors I've had, they've known how to push me and maybe push me to the point where, you know, it's a stretch, but not over it. Like seeing what their capabilities are and then saying, okay, I think you can go a little bit further. Welcome to another episode of Our Food Journey, a podcast from Hormel Foods. Today, we're featuring a conversation with MasterChef Ron DeSantis and renowned chef Victor Scargill. Victor began working in the kitchen at age 13, and over the last several decades, he has been executive chef at Lucy Restaurant in Yonville, Go Fish Restaurant in St. Helena, Grand Cafe in San Francisco, and Pisces in Burlingame. He's also held critical jobs at Aqua in Las Vegas and San Francisco, and at the Tribeca Grill in New York City. So if you're interested in how someone works their way up in the food world, and what motivates the top chef and what it takes to run a fine restaurant, you're going to enjoy this conversation between Victor Scargill and Ron DeSantis. Hello, I'm Ron DeSantis, Certified Master Chef, and I am with Chef Victor Scargill. Great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for coming and joining us in the Napa Valley. Um, so when did food become an influence for you? Well, I, I grew up in Aptos, which is a small town in Santa Cruz County, surrounded by the agriculture that, that's really, you know, Driscoll strawberries that I've seen in India and I've seen in France, I've seen everywhere, is in Watsonville, which is five miles away. So, you know, growing up uh, around horses, goats, you know, chicken farms and chickens and, and those things, food became important right away. Uh, my mom was not a, a big cook, so it became important for several reasons. One, because I had such great product around, and two, because I wanted to eat. So uh, <laughs> at some point, she said, look, if, you know, you, you guys can start to make some stuff for yourself as well. But yeah, I can remember being, uh, you know, climbing trees, and the tree that was in the horse corral was an apricot tree. And I have yet to this day to find an apricot that, that gives me the same memory that I had as being a child in that tree, eating them until I was sick to my stomach. <laughs> You know, so uh, that is that's hard to to find and recapture. So early early ages, I remember that, and and chickens as well, being around chicken farms, and and I can remember at a young age making lemon meringue pies with these warm brown eggs, and the meringue on them. I mean, it seemed like at that time it was eight inches. I know it wasn't, but because it was so fresh, and because of uh, you know that understanding of that, and then trying to make it with something else, uh, and you didn't get the same result. And you did the same techniques, you realized it was the ingredient. So food became important early on. Oh, that is really great to hear. You know, the, I, I find that many times when you talk with chefs, for some reason you have those kinds of really great memories at an early age. And, you know, speaking of early age, you started kind of early in the, in the food business, in the restaurant. Talk about the first experience. Yeah, so we went to, our family would go to a restaurant once or twice a week, and it was a local steak restaurant where they would give you the, the meat on a wood board, and it was raw, and you'd go and it'd put it on the grill yourself and cook it yourself, and then you'd go to the salad bar, and they had baked beans or potatoes or whatever, kind of really rustic, but um, I would cook the meat. You know, I would go and do it and put it on there, and then, uh, so then when I was old enough, got a chance to work there as a dishwasher, of course, or bussing tables, and and really doing whatever just to be in that environment. So being, you know, 13 and a half years old and being around what seemed like adults, you know, in the restaurant industry, where I don't know that we're ever adults, but 
being around that, you know, there was a certain amount of adrenaline. And then there was another opportunity to work at another restaurant in the area that was kind of a steak seafood restaurant. And there was an opportunity to be a prep cook there. So going from dishwasher or busing tables to being a prep cook, well, that's that's a big deal. That's your that's your first step into getting closer to being a line cook. So at 13 and a half at the time, you could get a work permit and do that. And so that's what I did. And you, you start to, as, as you know, you're a chef, you start to get addicted to this kind of adrenaline of you never know what's going to happen. And whatever happens, you're just going to figure it out. So going from being a prep cook to then... Well, one of the cooks leaves, as, as people do, turn over, and then, well, do you want to do it? Sure, I'll make salads. It gets it gets addicting. And then it was, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go off to college because all your friends are. And so I started applying to colleges and, and went down to Santa Barbara and uh, enjoyed the stock market and economics in, in high school. And so that's what I thought I wanted to do and didn't realize that Santa Barbara was all accounting. And uh, it took about two weeks of accounting classes at UC Santa Barbara with, you know, 500 upperclassmen in the class to realize that wasn't for me. And so started looking quickly into restaurant jobs again and luckily found a great chef in the area who was, was very professional. He taught a lot and he he would you knew when he was upset. You know, he didn't have to throw things. He didn't have to yell or whatever. So very early on, I saw one way to lead and then worked for other people who led differently. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And so had a good foundation of, well, you can run a large operation without, you know, throwing things or getting too carried away and saw it was possible. And he was, he was very instrumental with me kind of developing. And he said, look, you can stay here for another year. I worked there for a year, or we can find a city where you want to live and a great chef and just go work there. You're going to get beat up, you know, but you're going to learn a lot. We'll find someone you're going to learn a lot from. And that's what sent me to Miami. I was looking at Hawaii and, and Miami, Florida. So the other, you know, across the water or across the country and uh, found a great chef in Florida to go work for. And man, such a different culture and cuisine and people. And, you know, the workforce is coming from Haiti, from Europe, from these other areas that I'd never been around the food was totally different, different fish, different produce, different influences, and really opened my eyes to a lot of things. How old were you around then? 18, uh, I turned well, I turned 21 on South Beach. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's, and yeah, so it was, it was a fun time, you know, and at that time, you know, Miami has done this kind of, this ebb and flow of tons of influence and building and, and things and, and then kind of flattens out. And at the time, Versace was building his house. We were right on Ocean Drive and he was building it right up the road and it was booming and people were trying to do upscale things on the beach. And it was super exciting. The food scene was just booming. There was this group of people, Norman Van Aken and Alan Susser and Robin Haas, who I worked for, and Doug Rodriguez. And these guys were really doing this inventive great food that was so different than anything I had seen. Yeah, I still use Doug Rodriguez's book. Yeah. He's got great stuff in there. And that's that's where I ended up going after that. Oh, know, good. I, my friend Michael that I was working with, you know, there's always this network of chefs. We've all, sure. We all cross paths eventually. And so uh, my friend Mike went up to, to New York to work for Doug to open Patria in New York. And uh, Robin, who I was working for, suggested I go look at Park Avenue Cafe and David Burke. And so I went and looked at both places and, and both were phenomenal, but very different. The vibe, the energy at Patria was like nothing I'd ever seen before mm -hmm. and different, you know, not that there isn't intensity and energy at Park Avenue and the food was amazingly. I mean, David Burke is so genius with his food, but Patria was so different. So I went there and I saw it and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go work at Patria. And so I did that for a year. So it was a year in Miami and a year in New York. And then I was like, okay, I need to come back West. 
and had set up all these interviews with some great chefs. And the first interview off the plane, like two hours off the plane in San Francisco, was with Michael Mina. And he had just taken over at Aqua, the rains completely. And it was a Friday night. And I'd seen, you know, fine dining before, but fine dining at that pace, you know, seven courses doing 150, 200 covers in 1995 mm-hmm. at that level, that energy was like, wow, you know, this food, the operation, the intensity. And so, you know, he, he kind of told me, he's like, if you want to come work here, you got to tell me now because there's so many other people looking for this job. You got to take it now <laughs> and, and I'm going to pay you this. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can live on that, but you know, and I did, and I spent, I spent almost five years with Michael with a stint in between going back to New York before his other projects really kicked off. And I learned so much about business and kind of building a brand through that process, you know, so which is, you know, it's interesting that part because it's, it's something uh, that you were astute enough. It sounds like to realize that's the cooking and the food is is critical to what we do as a craft. But there's a whole other end to it. Oh. You know, and I was I was going to say, you know, who influenced you? But you just named everybody that is so critical in this business that that are are able to influence you. And and you were you were fortunate. You ended up in these places because just like you said, you learned about the business end of it. That's some things a lot of chefs they they miss that element of it. Right. And I think the there is so many talented chefs, but there's there's so few, it's almost a shame that can know how to cost a dish. And if you don't know the finance of it, no matter how much money is behind you, you won't be around for very long. So that two weeks of accounting in a university <laughs> paid off in the long run. So it's a good thing. So let me let me shift it. A, let me shift this a little bit. Um, so what kind of things outside the culinary world um, are you interested in or affect you? Yeah, well, I've. And they're probably all related to culinary eventually, but... Yeah, they are somewhat. I've got this 12-year-old at home that influences a lot right now. Yeah. You know, I think this this or any industry can be consuming, right? To be the best in any industry, you could spend all hours of the day, all days of the week doing it. But you got to realize in order to kind of get refilled and to be the best, you have to step away a little bit. And, um, you know, I ask... Whenever I get around chefs, I ask them. You know, I was around Thomas Keller when we were at copio years ago and i said well what do you do do you cycle what do you what do you do to get you know everybody's got something i think his is golf now so to to go out and again it's not like it's relaxing because it's such a mind game but it's something different that gets him to refocus that when he goes back into the kitchen he's re-energized and so for me it's it's was different stuff with my son whether it was supporting him with taekwondo or music you know, gardening at home, you know, there's nothing I like to do more than going in the backyard and physically pulling stuff out of the ground and digging stuff up and planting stuff. I mean, the sense of accomplishment when something actually grows is is pretty cool. And uh, I've known a lot of great farmers in the valley and I was able to pull off growing avocados in Napa, which one of my farming friends wasn't able to do. And I was like, yes, you know, I, I did it, you know, but it took eight years to get that to happen but wow what a sense of you know accomplishment and fun to see that that life so and it is and you're absolutely right having those kinds of uh, ways to to refocus and recharge your energy is good um traveling do you do much traveling what do you like to travel towards and you know what kind of food things happen during travel 
in the last year or so, I've been able to go to Mexico, to Tulum, Mexico. So us on the West Coast, we're used to going straight down. But to go to Tulum, which all of a sudden is this hotbed for restaurants. You've got Chef from Noma coming over and doing pop-ups and all these people doing uh, this great food over there. So went to Tulum, Mexico, went to France last year for six weeks, experiencing that and then going into Paris and then home. What, what a unique adventure. And then just a few months ago was in India, no idea what to expect, like none whatsoever. What product am I going to be able to get? What is illegal? What isn't illegal? Because, you know, I brought some food products with me that weren't legal in the whole country and I didn't know. What spices? How do they cook? What do they? What gets them excited? And what's even available? And to go into Bangalore, which is a pretty uh, industrial city, we took a drive a couple hours outside of the city to see this farm that this gentleman started amazing products like what we saw in our garden here today he's growing in india which is you know a water starved area which is a place that's you know densely populated in most parts that he's taking the time and energy i can't imagine the financial output and investment to just find a chef or a couple chefs that'll start this trend of you know organic produce and he's doing it so that was that was really a highlight of the trip to see that just experiencing all these things and then and then not going to maybe the fancy restaurants but going to where the locals eat you know i think that's what i think a lot of us do as chefs is going where the locals eat you may not know what that is you may not know what it says on the menu but i want to see what you eat and how you cook at home because that's where really the roots are sure is so so food trends uh, do you do you follow them do you find that in any or are worth thinking about? Uh, what do you see down the road? I think the biggest trend that I think, I think I've been saying it probably for at least five years now, is that people are going back to what we used to do. You're starting to see the whole animal, the head to toe, complete utilization. Like if, if, we're, going, if we're going to harvest this animal, we're going to use it all. No longer is it, is it uh, cool just to pull the, the rack off the lamb and we're not worried where the rest of it goes. No, we're going to make, we're going to use every piece of it. We're going to make sausages. We're going to make meats. We're going to make pâtés, rillettes. You know, whatever we're doing, we're going to honor this animal by using all of it. You know, and and that's what needs to happen. If you talk about biodiversity and sustainability, it's if we're going to do this, we're going to use it all. You know, so a couple more, a couple more questions. One, uh, you you mentioned biodynamic farming. Mm-hmm. To talk about it. how do you how do you put that into a you know into a simple f- term so that the lay person, the lay chef, can understand what biodynamic farming is? It's it's basically thinking about the effects that everything has on that particular item or produce that's being grown. So. If you think about, we talked a little bit earlier about you are what you eat. And if the soil isn't happy, it's not going to make a great product. That great product or bad product goes into our body. We're not going to be happy. If I eat garbage, you know, we've talked about, <laughs> we, we know we, we make bad choices and we decide to do that. We're going to feel it the next day. If the soil and we haven't done these properties to, to uh, take care of the soil and the nutrients and feeding that, then it's not going to be happy and the plant's not going to be happy. If it has to work a lot to get in there and it doesn't have all this nutrition in there, it's not going to explode. It's not going to be able mm-hmm. to handle extreme heat or extreme cold. Mm-hmm. 
It's so good. Biodynamics is, I say, organics on steroids. You 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 mentioned these these inspirational uh, chefs and people that were, uh, you know, helped you out, and and you have it. You know, you've worked under and worked for and with, you know, the, the best in the industry. These these chefs. What are the characteristics of a great mentor? Well, I. I think it's the ability. One is patience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, you think of it almost as being a parent, right? You got to have patience, but you also know how to push and motivate everybody. Everybody reacts different. So I think in all the mentors I've had, they've known how to push me and maybe push me to the point where, you know, it's a stretch, but not over it. Sometimes it might have been over, but a lot of times it was just stretching, like seeing what their capabilities are and then saying, okay, I think you can go a little bit further. I think I can put you in this environment and you'll be okay. Um, the the ones that are still around, it's because they motivated teams and they had teams of people. And if they wanted to expand, they knew they had to invest in their people. So by having mentors that were able to push me and, and then put me in situations and then that's gratifying, right? That's what you want is that they trust in you to do that. So, um, Victor, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. And uh, this is uh, Master Chef Ron DeSantis with Our Food Journey. Uh, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.